So hello and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. My goodness, I am the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. This is our 25th year in business, which is hard to believe. Lots of really great things over there at Reiki Oasis, and you can find out more about that at ReikiOasis.com. And of course, you can schedule yourself at schedule.ReikiOasis.com thanks to the magic of my webmaster, Indigo Hawk. Gratitude from my heart always for you people that know what you're doing with technology. Um, I had this past week a wonderful Crystal Bowl concert Sunday night under that absolutely huge, amazing Leo full moon what an amazing time. It was really, really potent and powerful. And uh, for those of you that like to come out to those Crystal Bowl concerts, you know the sound is very cleaning and clearing. And then, of course, I do more than just Crystal Bowls. I have my sacred drums there and my rattles. And sometimes I tone or chant or or something like that. We also shared sacred cacao, so we were in the heart space for sure. But um, the next Crystal Bowl concert will be Sunday, March 15th, once again, 7.30 p.m. in the evening at Bala Yoga in Kirkland, and that will be right after I return from Egypt. So there will be some very Egyptian potent energy in that Crystal Bowl concert. And if you want to find out... um, more things that are offered at Reiki Oasis, please go to ReikiOasis.com. Sign up for the newsletter. It's free. It doesn't come out that often uh, because I'm a busy girl, but um, it will give you a heads up. And I did put into the newsletter uh, the dates coming up for the other Crystal Bowl concerts. And for those of you that have asked, I will be at Bali Yoga in Fremont a couple of times Uh, once in March and once in April. So if you have not been able to come to the Kirkland location, you might be able to find me there. I also want to put a great big huge thank you out there to my patrons. We are a listener-supported show. Airtime is not free. This is not a blog talk radio show. It's actually live on the air, as, as you know. And then it's archived and you get to listen to the podcast. So If you want to help contribute to the show so that we have more amazing guests, please go to patreon.com slash The Loretta Brown Show and eternal gratitude from my heart for every, every uh, dollar because I know you work hard for those things just like I do. I do believe in an abundant universe. I believe that everything that we need and want will be and is being provided to us. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of it. This week, a quick astrology check-in, and then I want to bring my amazing guest on, who I love dearly with my whole heart. But uh, a couple of things. Uh, The sun is in Aquarius from January 20 to February 18, and during this time, we become more aware of what is outdated in our lives And we strive to find new perspectives and new ways to do things. For many of us, the structures that we've been in just feel too rigid, too tight, too confining. And we are seeking our individual freedom, which to me equals growth. And growth is not always comfortable. But hey, somebody told me once you're either growing or dying. So I hope you're growing out there. We also have Mercury and Pisces from February 3rd to March 4th, and then again March 16th to April 11th, and you can mark those dates on your calendar. When Mercury is in Pisces, our thinking processes are more visual, intuitive, imaginative, and emotional. We may be more attracted to consciousness-raising information, which I think is great, and uh, do take care of yourselves. Be gentle with your own own beautiful hearts. We have Venus in Aries. Oh, goodness. From February 7th to March 4th. And in Aries, love happens at the drop of a hat and is very direct. So be careful. This is where our heart says, I want it and I want it now. And so remember to just exhale a little bit. Get a big breath. And uh, sometimes you need to just take three to 10 seconds and say, do I really want to be doing this, right? Venus and Aries are the passionate lovers, but they do represent love and war and the passions of both. 
And if you've ever been hurt or betrayed in your heart, you know that you can go from love to hate or rage very quickly. So be gentle, be gentle. We also have the last thing I'm going to mention is Mars in Sagittarius from January 3rd to February 16th. And with a Sagittarius Mars, our actions are motivated by our ideals. We have a love of adventure and a wanderlust. We will start projects or challenges with gusto, but we may abandon them quickly. So be sure to anchor in, get into the earth And um, I'm also going to say maybe you should start singing or making some sound because on my show today, I'm so happy to introduce my special guest. She is one of my teachers, a very dear soul friend, a soul sister, Gina Salah. And Gina is a vocalist, a composer, a teacher, and a chant leader with a repertoire spanning 23 languages. I have trouble with English. Her performance credits include the UN Cirque du Soleil and international festivals. She spent her early childhood years chanting in Swami Shivananda Radha's ashram, and her passion is helping us singing awake to who we are. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to be with you, Loretta. It's, Love you very much, too. Thank you. Love you. And aloha, because I think you're still <laughs> you're bringing in the beautiful aloha energy, which uh, I can totally feel. Yeah. You know, the sun is about to rise. I'm looking at it over the West Maui Mountains, and the birds are starting to sing. So, yeah, I'm feeling it. And I'm so happy to be here with you in this big, beautiful, shared planet. Thank you. Well, I wanted to have you on the show because I want people to uh, get to know you. And uh, I I know some people know you, some people know you well, but many, many people have not heard of you. And I want to share your passion uh, to all the listeners about music and sound Mm. and uh, what it can do for us. And I, I've got some. I've got quite a few questions, and we'll, but we'll just go ahead and get into it and see how far we go. Mm. Um, I want to talk about the power of the voice. Can you talk about that a little bit? You know, um, many people, myself included, uh, tend to be really self-conscious about our voices. We have trouble speaking in front of people, let alone singing. So can you talk a little bit about the power of the voice? Yeah, you know, it's super, it's it's really normal for people to feel shy about the voice, especially in our culture for some reason. As I say this, I mean, the birds are just like squawking and putting their sound out. I don't know if you can hear this. But it's for some reason in our human realm, especially in our culture right now where we, you know, hear everything processed on radio, CDs, where there's a million takes and, and this and that. We've got this idea that our voice is supposed to sound like someone else, and that's just not true. Everyone's voice print is as unique as their fingerprint. And the thing about the voice is it's really this medium between the form and the formless of who we are. You know, the physical body, because it's energy coming through the body that makes the sound. Your voice is actually just energy coming through the body, really. And then... Also, the way it integrates with our emotions, with our thoughts, with our feelings, and certainly with our energetic layers. So um, the voice is a really, really powerful um, instrument of healing, of tuning, of connecting to ourselves, to our higher self, to each other. Uh, I can go on and on, but basically to begin with, it's really a primordial medicine and a primordial way to connect back to who we are beyond just a small identification with thoughts and body. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you get into this work? How did you get into chant, chant and mantra? Um, well, you know, I would say that who knows on the bigger, bigger picture, but at the age of two and a half, I ended up living in a Hindu ashram in Canada in the Kootenays. Uh, with Swami Shivananda Radha, as you said, and this great, great, well-revered sound yogi, Nada Brahmananda, used to come and teach us. So from my earliest childhood memories, really every single night we chanted and did mantra. And 
that turned out to be extremely helpful in healing because later um, life got really wild. There was a lot of addictions. There was in my family, not in me personally, at least not any substances, you know. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. was a lot of, um, you know, like in anyone's life, challenges. And I had health challenges. And I found that those early um, imprints of mantra, of chant, of finding ways to connect with, with, with presence and with power into my physical body, but at the same time, the expansiveness of the vibration of voice as it connects to spirit, as it connects bigger than the physical body, was extremely useful. But I would just say I had great teachers early on. When you were a kid, um, when you were a child, did you do a lot of singing? I mean, did you ever think to yourself like, wow, I'm going to just, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing. <laughs> no, I mean, I did do a lot of singing. I lived in the country even um, after we left the ashram. So I would sing in the barn. We had horses. I sang outside. I sang to really calm myself. <laughs> I, but I, like many people, I didn't feel confident in my voice. I, I didn't have a super loud voice and I, you know... Um, but I always sang to connect to the divine, and I sang to feel good in myself. Unfortunately, I had a lot of space and around me and birds singing and nature, and it just let me feel comfortable with that. But as for doing it as a job, heck no. There was no way I was going to do that. I had relatives who did that. I saw movies, and I thought that everybody who you know, was a professional singer had to be some kind of you know, addict or had a difficult life or maybe their egos would get out of control. And I realized that's not the case at all. That's just, you know, in some cases, people have those challenges and we all have our own different challenges, whatever they may be. So, no, I had no intention of doing that. But it uh, uh, after a while, people, well, it's a longer story, but I ended up working with people once in a while as they asked me to. And then I got too busy to have a normal day job. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about you out there um, singing to the horses, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. People yeah. have yeah, I love that. Um, did they come around? I uh, the, uh, I'm just thinking about how people show those YouTube's where like uh, somebody goes out and they play the trombone and all the cows come running, right? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> because you know we often think, well, I'm listening to the birds or to the horse. I love the sound of a horse knicker, <clears throat> like when you walk up and they're like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I, uh, I actually, I just sang to them because it felt good in my body and it felt like a way of connection because they didn't necessarily speak English. But what I find, by the way, I lead these retreats. I just got done leading a retreat in Hawaii and I have one in Mexico in March. And often we chant and sing and people always comment. It's so fun. They're like, oh, my gosh. Did you notice that the birds started singing even more when we started singing? Oh, my gosh. Because while we're listening to the beautiful sounds of nature, you know, we're part of that nature. And Mm -hmm. it listens to us. I just learned recently that in Hawaii, they don't even have a separate word for nature as separate from us because it's a a concept that doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I love to sing to them and hear their voices. And and, uh, I think they like to hear mine most of the time. I will say the horse did not like my trumpet playing. Oh. <laughs> no, I, I think it's really, I think it's a good point. And it's kind of why I brought it out. I believe that all of nature sings, if if you could put it that way, because, you know, my experience is that everybody emits frequency or sound or vibration. And, um, you, you know, we talk about dis-ease, right? But for mm-hmm. me, it's like we're... we're Maybe, you know, a way of saying it is we're sort of detuned from ourself or we're not yeah. playing our soul song or something. We're not vibrating where we should be. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. And so so there's that. But there's also the fact that we exist within nature. We are part of this. And uh, I sometimes have these. It's the way I think. It's the way I perceive the world. Like every leaf is emitting some sort of a little vibration and Maybe that gets a little bit complicated for people to follow, but all of nature is singing to include us, and it's it's a grand symphony. Our our essence, our 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 radiance, our vibration is important as part of that mix, and helps create Absolutely. create the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And in fact, one thing that happens when we learn to tap into our voice, and when I work with people, as you know, Loretta, mm-hmm. from our program, like I really like people to physically start to feel the pleasure of their voice. 
in the body. And to not, you know, it changes throughout the day. Like right here, it's very early in the morning, you know. Mm -hmm. It changes throughout the day. But to physically come in contact with love, then we start to feel not only the audible or the physical felt sense, the gross vibrations, but we start to more easily tune into the subtle vibrations. And those take the form of intuition. They take the form of um, really being able to self-resource, to choose the vibrations that I run through myself and to be, you know, uh, to be a, a channel of love rather than a beggar of it, for example. You know? <laughs> oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, there's so much. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason that I, I, I mean, especially in the 90s, I was really on this path of, exploring all these different spiritual traditions. I lived in a Buddhist monastery. I lived in Asia. Of course, I lived in the Himalayas and in India. And um, what I find, and even when I research, I I remember staying on a beach with um, Australian Aboriginals later when I was singing at a festival. And every single spiritual tradition, every single one that I know of, uses voice and chant to connect more deeply with our essence. Mm-hmm. And when we're connected with our essence, we feel safe, we feel peaceful. I mean, and as the song says, right, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. We feel our intuition. So I agree that tuning into our our vibration and and having a relationship with that where we can refine it and help to align with the highest vibrations we choose makes a profound difference in our experience in the world and in our relationships. And in our physical health, you know, every aspect of our being. Wow. Yeah, I love it. So we're going to take a little station break. This is Loretta Brown. My guest today is uh, Gina Salah, and she is one of my teachers. I am in her sound school. And um, she's also just one of the loveliest people on planet Earth. We're talking about the power of sound in the voice. We're going to take a quick break. And during the break, you get to hear some of Gina's beautiful Uh, vocals. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown show with my special guest, Gina Salah. And Gina is a vocalist, an amazing vocalist, could I say that? Composer, teacher, chant leader. She does uh, sound retreats and, and helps people uh, find their voice, which I think is just so huge. Um, can you talk a little bit, tell us a little bit, what did we hear during the break? Ah, you know, that is a beautiful uh, mantra that says, it's Tuameva Mata. Tuameva Mata. It says, you are my mother, you are my father, you're my friend and my relations, you're all wisdom. 
your all, the necessities. You are the all in all uh, God of gods. And it's this beautiful, I love this so much because it's this chant of recognition of, you know, to really see that essence in all beings, but also to see all beings as that essence, both at the same time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if I see someone in front of you, can I remember that the one I love is one of my songs is because the one I love lives inside of you. I lean as close to you as I can. One of my intentions is to remember uh, that that one that I love, that one that makes the flowers bloom, that beats this heart, is also in the person I'm talking to. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's in that bird sitting on the branch right in front of me. Yeah. Right now, you know, is in the roots and the little, you know, microbes in the earth and in me. And in you for sure. Yeah. You know, the, the love is so important, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And... Um, you know, it brings me back to what we were saying before about the voice. Like you said something about you want people to feel the pleasure of the voice within their Mm -hmm. body. And I just, Mm -hmm. you know, my goodness, Gina, how do we fall in love with our voice? We're so critical. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so judgmental. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. a real, that's, that's kind of a, a wounding in our culture in the world, I think, to, mm-hmm. to say those people's voice is okay and mine's not. Like anything, right? If I haven't stretched and I suddenly want to do a certain thing, I, it might go better if I stretch. It might go better if I if I practice a little bit, if I tend it. <laughs> think but so. With, <laughs> yeah, but to tend with love, which uh-huh. is everything, right? We know that if we criticize something, it shuts down, doesn't it? Yeah. But if we would be like, ah, here's what I'm loving about you. Here's what I'm noticing. Doesn't it start to open and bloom just like a flower to the sun? So everybody's voice has something special. And I've heard, I'll tell you what, some of my most heart-opening experiences and the most beautiful experiences of voice have been, for example, with the squawky voice of an old lady with no teeth in India. (laughs) But there's so much beauty in it, Uh you know? Mm-hmm. So to fall in love with the voice, I think one of the things I ask people to do is just like, can I just surrender my way of seeing this? And just to ask, may I see this as love sees? May I hear it as love hears? And just that willingness to surrender my habitual way of perceiving all of a sudden allows the voice to open up. Mm. And then, of course, as you know, there's like techniques that make it easier if I've never been given any technique or any support, you know, that I don't have everything. Let me just put it this way. With a little technique and support and love and community like we have in the sound schools and mm-hmm. retreats and workshops, it's incredible what opens up. It's so beautiful, you know, in people's voices. Um, yeah, and by the way, I'm just going to tell everybody that is so true. Your ability to uh, create what I call a container that is safe and it is uh, supportive and, and um, you know, because I'm thinking about the first day that I showed up in your sound school and everybody's like, oh, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody's afraid. And then yeah. pretty soon there's just amazing community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing and real community. friendship, real connection. Mm-hmm. It's not always, as you know, about the, the amount of time you spent with someone. It's like, can I bring my full self here? and be heard and witnessed and, and bloom. And, you know, Loretta, you do that so well in your radio show and all you share, too. And uh, I don't you. know if I'm going to out you. Not only does she lead these great, uh, you know, sound bowl ceremonies, but you should hear her play the piano and <laughs> share her voice. Let me just say. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so that's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But I'll just say, that's actually... Even though I, I do this stuff, I just got back from China and Japan and... My favorite thing that I share is the Awakening Voice Sound School because we have time in community um, to really tend and, and let the voices be reborn and rebirthed. And I grew up thinking my voice wasn't good enough. I mean, I auditioned for a play in high school and couldn't even hardly squawk out a song or a sound and was cast as a silent monkey. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, you know, that didn't really seem to bode for any kind silent of... silent monkey. 
I was. I was the, one of the terrible monkeys in The Wizard of Oz, which I already didn't like. And I was a flying monkey. You were a flying I, monkey. I love that. Totally. And I was a late bloomer, and I had to run around in a gray leotard. <laughs> You know, um, I, I I don't mean to interrupt, but I had a, a, a terrible experience in the third grade where <laughs> I got up early and I wanted to be part of the glee club, right? So I'd go to school uh-huh. and I would just sing my heart out. And we oh. were getting ready for a, a concert and the, and the teacher told me to mouth the words. That is so mm-hmm. common. Yep. She it? was like, you and need I- to mouth the words. And to this day, I'm like, I don't know if I was off key or I probably was just singing at the top of my voice, right? (laughs) (laughs) How sweet. And if you look at it from this perspective, can you imagine how sweet and adorable you must have been? Oh, yeah. Just like you are. Yeah, the mouth, the words thing. Like if I'm on an airplane going to some retreat or tour or something, and people, I I usually just, because if I'm going to sit with someone for eight hours, I just say hi. And and, uh, they often say, what do I do? And as soon as I say that I, you know, facilitate, singing and sound wellness, people like, I would say literally 99% of the people go, oh my God, I could never do that. I have a terrible voice. Blah, blah, blah. And there's this litany and this almost like traumatic sentence that comes out. And almost everyone has had someone in their life tell them they couldn't sing. Yep. A teacher, a parent, a sibling, student. And by the way, as, as I'm speaking to you right now, and I know that listeners will listen later, the big shaft of light just came over <gasps> the mountains for the dawn, oh. and the birds just like, oh. some of them are squawking, some of them are like, woo Oh, I, mean, I love that. And so they're not going, is my voice like the other birds? <laughs> you know? They're going, there she is. <gasps> yeah, right. ooh, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, because we do. And, and I'm bringing that point out on purpose, you know, because so many people have been traumatized. And like oh. you say, we have this weird, weird, this weird thing. I think children are often running around and they're singing and they're always going mm-hmm. la 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 la, you know, like even when they're trying to talk, they're doing some sing songy yeah. thing. And yeah. um, as a as a girl, I was doing that all the time. I think there was mm-hmm. sound coming out of me all the time. And um I didn't understand also at school and when I was in the first grade, I was told you can't hum in school oh, while you're doing your work. Can't right, hum. Right, right. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, it's like, you know, hurt people hurt people. So someone yeah. has some wounding about their voice or some sensitivity to sound and and then they say something to someone else. I often liken it. You know, we say the eyes are the windows to the soul. Mm-hmm. But I could sort of slap you on the leg, on the shoulder, and it'd be like, whatever. But if I barely touched your eye, that's too much. That's personal. That's like your, that's a very intimate thing. I can't touch your eyeball. And the voice I see is very much like that. You know, your voice, literally the word persona is your sound, is your mm-hmm. vibration in the world. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing. I am here to say to every single person who's listening, there is nothing wrong with your voice. You may have vocal damage. You may have nodes. You may not know how to use it. But your your particular vibration, there is nothing wrong with it. You are meant to be here if you're alive and breathing. And if people have said things in unconsciousness to make you feel that it's not enough, it's very hard for it to bloom. It's like putting a plant you know, on rocks with no soil and water. Mm-hmm. But with the cool thing about the voice, because it's it's like part of this life that you are, it can it can shift so quickly. And Loretta, I know you've watched that in the sound school. Isn't mm-hmm. it just beautiful to mm-hmm. see people start coming out with their voices and and the joy and the self love? I really believe that we need to accept our voices and actually use them for the primordial healing tools they are to be fully fully healthy in this world. That doesn't mean that everyone's a sound healer, but but if there's an inhibition, your voice and your body know how to use your voice to help you connect to your higher self, to help you heal, you know? It knows it. From the time a, a mama first hummed to her baby to soothe it, you know, if you accidentally step on a dog, it yelps to release the physical pain from the body. Mm-hmm. Well, we might just smile mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's okay, that your stiletto went in my foot, you know? It's like they, we have this wisdom and we're coming back to it with so much love. And as each one of us does, it makes it possible for the whole and it retunes our planet. You know, um, that's really potent, Gina. I think that's, I think that's so important. Um, 
to, you know, find a space or a way for us to to be able to verbalize or vocalize or give voice to that which needs it. I was while you were talking, I was thinking about that full moon and howling at the moon, right? You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. which is just about what we were doing, right? But yeah, um, yeah, I think that's I think it's vitally important, and this idea that that the voice is a primordial healing tool. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a, it is literally until Western wow. allopathic medicine, every single healing tradition that I have ever studied. And I've studied like I was in Thailand with the UN people. I was, I've been all over the place and every tradition uses sound and voice and chant for healing. Wow. And that's not random. That's not like what a coincidence. It's because it literally, it's a way that we choose to harmonize the disease in the body and also to release pain. Mm -hmm. You know, our whole body is rhythmic, as you know, with breath and the heart. It's a way to choose the vibrations, the specific vibrations that are needed to release sadness, to open again into happiness, to harmonize with the vibration of someone near us. I mean... We have this innate wisdom, and it's not hard to come back to it when we have proper guidance. Yeah, I love it. The other thing I love is it's always with us. Yeah. Our voice is, yeah, is, sure. is with us. Mm-hmm. And, and even people who think uh-huh. they've lost their voices. My grandma, you know, she was in her 80s and was like, well, I've lost my voice. And so I just gave her a little suggestion. And one of the things I think is always important, as you know, about me is to make it playful to just hum and humming is a semi-occluded sound that helps rehabilitate the voice Mm. well after like a month or so of humming her voice started coming back Mm. so as we age there's certain Mm. things that are so helpful um not just if we want to sing but if we want to speak and if we want to feel ease in our vibration that um really helps i love what you just said because that's a simple thing that anybody listening could actually do yeah yeah would like be right humming. Now, yeah i mean a listener right now you know wherever you are if you're in your car or wherever you could or even quietly if you felt like it you could let your molars be far apart but let your lips touch like you just took a big bite of food you know and you're polite but you're gonna not open your mouth as you choose <laughs> and just hum mm, a really low hum Mm. and you could put your hand on the top of your head and feel if you can feel that soothing vibration of, in your brain and your body mm. and if you did this for a minute or two you'd feel it in the bones of your chest you'd feel your heart I mean simply humming is a way to calm the nervous system to slow down the breath and the mind and to, to recalibrate us back to a place of, of peace and of inner ease. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. Yeah. Humming. So I'm I'm going to tell everybody it is okay to hum. Yes, it's okay <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, and I, I also want to reiterate for the listeners that there's a specific, like taking that bite and then closing the lips, right, mm-hmm. brings that sound to a different area, and then the hand on top of the head. So... Um, mm-hmm. I, I just really recommend you do that. Um, yeah. It probably doesn't matter how long you do that, Gina. I mean, that sounds like a prescription, right? But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you were going to do that every day, what do you do? Just a minute, three minutes, five minutes, as much as you want? What do you do? Yeah. Well, for me, um, so as you know, like I'm really, I practice Sanskrit mantra, I do raga, other things. But for just this simple thing, I always think in any practice that I do, I want to bring all of me. Mm. So Mm -hmm. you could just do that, which is completely enough. But the important thing is that everything we do, we don't do it uh, to fix something. Like there's something wrong with me. Uh, I'm going to do this. There's a subtle habit, a vibration of of not enough, of judgment. So I'll first connect like this is an act of love. You could even say that or you could make it a prayer and offering. This is an act of love. I'm going to do this as an act of love. You could even put your hand on your heart and you could say, mm, and then ah. But to start with an act of love, take a breath, you know, there's, and then 
I mean, there are grounding things I do, as you know. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. all you were doing was say you were in traffic and you got stressed out and you wanted to calm down, you just put your hand on your chest or your heart, say, this is an act of love. I'm doing this as an act of self-love, you know, and then just, mm, just even for like five breaths would be transformative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I love that. Um I actually, you know, I do these long flights like I'm going to Egypt with a group pretty uh, mm-hmm. next week, actually. And I often, on those long flights, I get to, <laughs> and I know everyone's going to relate, and I'm giggling, I get to what I call the screaming stage. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness, when is this over, right? Yeah. Right. And I quite often will hum because mm-hmm. the, the I have felt... Um, like the sound of the engines, like I'm okay, I'm not being really loud. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. yeah, I hold my hand on my heart a lot and mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. do the humming, yeah. And you can harmonize too if there are sounds that are annoying or disconcerting. Mm. You can idea. harmonize that. Like I remember, um, of course, I, I do this on planes too, and the V sound is good on planes because it's grounding. Mm. Mm. But uh, I remember I was uh, years and years ago, I was um, doing some work for Northwest Folklife, and they were they were building something, and there was a jackhammer. Nah. And I also did this in a dentist situation, actually. I do this when I when I had fillings drilled many years ago. And if you if instead of going, oh, I have to brace and push that sound outside of me, you can harmonize it and start to hear it as music, and it completely changes the experience. That's a great idea. Um... Yeah. Well, and, and, and as funny as it sounds, it gives the sound permission to be there, right? Like right, you're going to allow it or something. Yeah. Right, and then I'm in relationship to it instead yeah. of bracing against it. It's kind of yeah. like surfers. I've been, uh, I took some surf lessons here last time I was here, and I've been watching the surfers. Did they you? Did you take a big them. wave? Did you? No. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> I'm not, let me just admit, I'm not a great surfer. Okay. But I will say that all the concepts of surfing apply to voice. You sort of listen they listen to the waves, and you enter with respect and appreciation. And you don't, like, if you do get tumbled, if something happens, rather than fight it, you sort of, you know, you find a way to feel what's going on in it and know that it's going to, you know, whatever that cycle of emotion is, it's going to bring you back up. So one thing I say with singers, uh, another daily practice that I recommend is that people just give themselves five minutes a day to sing and especially wordless song or, or something they've never heard. But what will happen is emotion comes up, like, um, you know, like you're cleaning out the gutters in a way. But if you just stay with it, keep singing, it always, always leads back to peace and to, to love, to a softness of the heart, you know? Um, so wordless song. So does it mm-hmm. need to be something that you know you just um, a vocalizing? Yeah, and if, if it's yeah. more comfortable for words, you can do words. But this is these are like, as you know, like in the sound schools, I do more advanced things. But um, and by the way, I do have a sound school starting um, in a couple in end of February, twenty twenty. Perfect. That people are welcome to join in. But it's a daily thing or a practice that anyone can do. Is just like sing gibberish. So there's no idea of what it's supposed to sound like. Maybe in this imaginary culture you're singing in, you're supposed to sound like, you know, to allow any emotion, any sound to come through. And it's hilarious. It's like sometimes laughter comes. Sometimes it gives permission for, for other emotions, you know, if we're stuck in chronic sort of like super niceness. Okay, we want to be kind to each other, but there might be another voice that wants to come out, at least in your car, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The neighbor caught me talking to myself when I was hauling garbage in and out yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oops, pretend I've got my Bluetooth in my ear or something. But <laughs> whatever was in there was wanting to come out. I, I get what oh, you're saying. <laughs> totally. And it's so innocent. It's so innocent oh, yeah. and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so we are going to take another break. This is Loretta Brown. Uh, my uh, wonderful guest today is one of my teachers, one of my soul, soul friends, Gina Salah, an amazing teacher. And uh, during the break, you get to hear a little bit more of her beautiful music. So don't go away. 
We'll be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Going against the grain has never been this much fun. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Gina Salah. Just a reminder, these shows are archived. Yay, you can listen to them, download them. And um, if you go to the uh, 1150 KKNW Loretta Brown Show archives, you can find the links there. But you can also find us on Podcast One, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you subscribe, it's free. And then you get notifications every time we have a new show. Hey. That's cool. By the way, my daughter lives in Hawaii. Aloha, Jenny. I love you so much. And uh, she often, because she likes to hear my voice, you know, because I miss her and she misses me. She'll put them on in the background and listen to them one after another, which is kind of creepy, but it's good. I love it. <laughs> anyway. As an aside, I think I just, uh, I played a, a concert recently, again, here in, on the Big Island mm-hmm. with the sax player that she knows. Oh, Great. Wonderful. Yeah, she lives on the big island. I was trying to get you guys to hook up, but didn't didn't happen this time, so maybe next time. Anyway, what did we hear during the brink uh, du- during the break, Gina? <laughs> mm. I'm on the brink of something. I don't know, but <laughs> So what did we hear uh, uh, on the break? Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, you know, that was the uh, another part of the song on one of my CDs and we were singing I was singing Om Santi, Om Santi, which is really a call to peace for all and all beings. And then underneath it was a mantra, Ahamplema. Might be in a different key now, but that's a mantra that says, uh, I am divine love, a reminder mantra. Aham, I am that, Brema, divine love. So uh, it was just some mantras to to like prayer flags send vibrations out into the world. Can you talk to us a little bit about mantra and chant and kirtan and how you got into all of that and, and what's the differences? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, well, mantra, so often you, we hear this like Nike's mantra is just do it, you know, like this. But mantra actually is a Sanskrit word. Manas means mind and tra is a tool. And I, I think of it like this. You know, we all get up in the morning, most of us, and brush our teeth. And we use the toothbrush because that's the right tool to brush our teeth. And if I was going to dig a hole to plant an aloe vera plant in my yard, I would use a shovel. So there are different vibrations, different packets of sound energy in Sanskrit that have specific effects. And, uh, and literally the rishis could hear these. Uh, just like shamans can hear the song of plants. And and when we get into this nada yoga, the yoga of sound, we can actually physically feel, I, I know you've had this experience, when we refine pronunciation, physically feel the effect of certain mantras. 
And it doesn't, it's not even about belief or religion necessarily, although if our heart is involved, that's helpful. But just like you could take a certain, say, a certain tea or an herb and it has an effect, when we chant certain mantras, they have a direct effect on our mind and therefore on our, our consciousness and our nervous system and then our physical body. Things happen first on the level of vibration and then into form. So mantras are tools, vibrational tools for the mind. Um, I, I just want to ask this question because I can figure that my listeners might ask. Is there a difference between chanting a mantra and, and just singing a song? And I'm mm. I'm thinking about, you know, the benefits of both. But um, my, my understanding is that mantra, you know, like I'm always thinking about the tongue flicking against the top of my palate, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. But can yeah. you just talk to that a little bit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, singing is great, as we've been talking about, and, mm -hmm. and the way we use our voices. Mantras are um, very specific. There are specific uh, postures of the tongue, like, like if I say garna, garna, my tongue is rolled back a little bit, flicking like Ganesha's trunk at the roof of my mouth, like an elephant trunk, garna. And then there's actually 56 letters in Sanskrit, so there's oh. a lot of different sounds, like there's ba. And ba, which has the mahapranic, more uh, energy and radiant breath in it. And so each of these packets of sound is what I call a matraka shakti, literally little powerful mothers is what it means. These packets of sound have effects on the body and on consciousness. And so when we chant them, for example, if I'm feeling stuck in a certain way or my mind is looping, uh, a mantra is stronger than just normal singing, mm -hmm. usually. Okay. I can't say always, but for example, you know, if I just say peanut butter, peanut butter, you know, yeah. it might have one effect. But if I use a mantra, you know, Om you know, it starts to set up a standing wave inside my body, inside my consciousness to actually be able to clear out a habitual thought pattern or mm. a limiting belief that mm -hmm. may not be serving me in this moment. I got it. Yeah. So that's a great way to segue into, I really want you to talk about your sound school and your offerings and, mm -hmm. you know, tell people when everything's happening, how to get a hold of you. And I'm really putting a plug in for it, people. You mm -hmm. really should do this. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's so beautiful, Loretta, to have you part of it and Mm -hmm. And hear the music that's coming out of you. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I have these Awakening Voice Sound Schools. It's actually, the full name is the Awakening Voice Power of Love Sound School. Because what I find is, um, although I like working with individual clients, when we work in a container, in a group, there's something that happens that's beyond what any of us individually can do on our own. There's something about being witnessed and being held and this deep roots of trust and care. So in the sound school, I teach a specific mantra, refinement and pronunciation. Again, you don't have to have any particular religious view about it. I think of them sometimes like windshield wipers for the mind, too, to clear it out. Um, there's cross-cultural healing songs. You know, so there's certainly the Indian aspect, but there might be bonge, yeah, bonge, yeah. There's like this joy of using our voices in different ways and playful and playing with it also. So there's there's jams. There's physical technique to empower and nourish and tonify the voice and tonify, you know, the breathing muscles and the vocal apparatus. There's dream work that I've been doing since I was two and a half living in the ashram. Just little tools that we can use to to really be able to hear our intuition we work with. Mm. Um, there's certainly a lot of laughter. Um, there's practices in breath work, yoga nidra. Um, so those, uh, the sound schools happen, uh, I start them once a year, and the next one starts in February 2020. And people can hear about it at ginasalah.com, the website, www.ginasalah, G-I-N-A-S like Seattle, A-L like London, A.com. And they can write me right there, info at, and find out how to be part of this great community where we meet four times a year. There's online calls, and uh, 
Yeah, I would welcome anyone. You don't need any experience to be part of it, really. Yeah. So if you're listening to the show and you're feeling a bit inspired and also um, for, you know, because I have a lot of intuitive and and wonderful people listen to the show, you can feel the love and you get an Mm. idea of who Gina is. Um, I really, really highly recommend that Mm. you connect with her and go to her Awakening Sound School and do it now because you can start right at the end of February 2020. And I can't think of a better time to do it. We're right in the middle of healing the, the wound of our identity. And this could really be the thing that catapults you forward in your life. Um, mm. Kind of help remove the blocks. Um, you also have an event coming up. Is it this Friday night, February 14? Well, yeah, February 14th and, in Seattle. Yeah. I have my annual Valentine's Day chanting concert. So if you're if you're curious, actually, that's a great way to come. There's a full band, bass and percussion and harp. And um, you can experience what it feels like to chant in a big group of people. Um, we'll chant some chants from different parts of the world that just really calm the mind and help the heart open. There'll be some poetry, some stories. You'll probably laugh a little bit. You'll You'll feel welcomed, and uh, you also get to feel the power and pleasure of your own voice in community. What time so that is, is What time? February, where? Yeah. Yep, it's 7.30, February 14th at Amazing Grace Spiritual Center in Ballard. Again, that's at genusalaw.com is that info. And uh, also in March, by the way, is, I, I hear it's been a lot of rain in Seattle. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to put it mildly, it made the front page of the CNN over here. Oh, wow. Uh, it said that the sun hadn't shined fully since November 30th is what that what it said. So um, you're welcome to join me at the 15th annual Ocean of Devotion Power of, uh, I mean, Sound Wellness, Ocean of, Devo- Ocean of Devotion Sound Wellness Retreat in Mexico in March. And you can come for one week or two, and it's really renewing and Great sound practices, yoga, organic food, sunny beaches, and no cars. Ooh, that sounds lovely. And once again, they can find that information at ginasalah.com. Yep. Yeah. And you also are going to be at the Women of Wisdom Conference. Is that this weekend? or? Um, uh, that's also the weekend. It's on. I'll be there on the 15th. I'll be part of a panel discussion in the morning. And then I'll sing, um, I'll sing some just before Jean Shinoda Bolin. Oh, yeah, Jean Shinoda, she's great. So your your awakening voice power of love sound school is beginning. Is that February twenty ninth? What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. All right. So yeah. yeah. So uh, any last words? We've got like you know fifteen seconds or something. <laughs> Just remember that your voice is medicine. Your voice is beautiful. You are already holy, and uh, you're welcome to uh, join me and feel that more powerfully if you're called at www.ginasala.com, G-I-N-A-S-A-L-A.com. Blessings and love to you all. Thank you. Thank you. It's, a, it's so fun to have you on the show. So much love to you. And from, you. from both Gina and I out to all of you, so much love. Do hum. It is okay. Do sing and do chant, do mantra, and connect with Gina. You will be so glad you did. So happy Thank Valentine's you. Day, everybody. Love, love, love. And uh, believe it or not, I'll talk to you when I get back from Egypt. Bye now. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Loretta.